Hello and welcome to episode 17 of the Pen Addict Podcast, your weekly show where we discuss pens, paper and the analogue tools that you love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley of the 70 Decibels Network and I'm joined as always by my good friend, colleague and the pen addict himself, Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hello, Brad. Hey, Mike. How are you doing today? I'm very well, very well. How are you? I'm doing fantastic today. It's a really, really good day that I'm really excited about what's going on on the show today. What is going on today? Well, we have a uh, we have a fine gentleman being our first guest on the Pen Attic podcast, uh, Mr. Mike Rohde, who many Pen Attic readers might know. He's a he's a designer in uh, out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and what he is most widely known for, at least in the circles that I travel online, is the sketch notes that he does. And welcome, welcome, Mike. Hey guys, nice to be here. Thanks so we much are, for joining us. Really it sounds like the traffic's really upset at you. <laughs> <laughs> we got somebody in the background beeping. I guess he wants a parking spot or something. I don't know. Maybe they're a fan think, of the show. That's what I yeah, think. Could I think be. He just wants to get on the show. <laughs> Beep if you love the pen addict. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but but I've uh, I, I've been talk I've talked to Mike uh, Rody for I don't know maybe four or five years. That yeah. you know I started the pen addict blog and you know just kind of doing my own thing and then you know I'm on the internet one day and. I don't know if it's through Twitter or through Flickr how I first came across your first set of sketch notes. Not your your first set of sketch notes, but how I found you was I think through your probably your first set of South by Southwest sketch notes, and that's kind of mm-hmm. how you know you the whole sketch noting thing just really blew my mind. So why don't you tell us a little bit about you know what you do, how the sketch notes um, thing started for you, and and kind of where it's all at today. Well, professionally, I'm a designer. Um, I've actually been in the business for over 20 years and started as a print designer, of all things, and in the mid-'90s switched over to web design because I was really fascinated by that whole arena. Uh, And then eventually now I'm doing uh, user interface design, lots of software applications, iPad, iPhone applications, um, and learning about uh, user-centered design. But uh, all along the way, even from when I was in, in college, I used uh, sketching quite a bit. Sketching just came naturally to me. As a kid, I drew all the time, so it was natural for me to integrate that into my design process. And so ever since I was in school and as a professional, I would use pencil sketches or pen sketches to figure out problems. So you're presented with you know a list of things to do, and you'd use sketches to solve, like, where would this go, and what if I did this, and, oh, that looks terrible, I can't do that. But the nice thing about sketching would be I could go through a lot of ideas very quickly and then kind of narrow down on the winning idea and then proceed rather than, especially later in the, in the design profession, it's not uncommon to maybe immediately jump into Photoshop or some other software tool to solve your problem. And I find the problem with that is you kind of, you kind of get locked into the way the software works instead of thinking about the solution in a broader sense. And so, uh, so I've always integrated the sketching approach um, and it's, I've shown it to the clients and they get to see it and we use it as a, as a solution tool, but I never really shared it as a final deliverable, as a final thing that would, people would look at uh, until I started sketchnoting. And the way sketchnoting started was back in 2007, in the spring, I had become really frustrated with the notes I was taking. I had become sort of a fanatical handwritten note taker, but I, I didn't really draw. I would write every last detail and I use these giant books and pencils so I could erase mistakes and it had become really a burden kind of uh, painful to do notes because I was always thinking I was missing something and 
and it was really stressful. And then I would find out later that I never really looked at the notes I took, so they, they had limited value. <clears throat> and so there was this conference coming up in Chicago in the spring of 2007, and I had a moleskin sketchbook sitting at my desk that I didn't know what to do with. And I thought, you know, I can't do notes like this anymore. It's just not working. What if I set some limitations for myself? Because often when presented with design challenges, a good thing is to actually set limitations because it makes you think creatively. So the limitations that I chose were, well, I've got a small pocket size moleskin book. So I I literally can't take the notes that I used to take. I don't have the space to do that. Um, And another limitation was rather than using a pencil, why don't I take a pen? So I had a Pilot G2 pen laying mm-hmm. around, and I, I took that and the book, and I went to the conference, and um, rather than getting every last detail, I just listened for the big ideas, like what is the message that, that these speakers are telling me, and then sort of analyzing it in my head and then capturing it slowly, very methodically and thoughtfully, uh, using all the tools that I had available to me as a, as a person, in my case, not only writing notes, but uh, I love typography, so I use lots of typography and drawing little pictures to express these ideas that I was receiving from the speaker. And so after I was done, I just really had a great time. I didn't have any of the stress. It was fun to do. I enjoyed doing it. Uh, And then I shared it online on Flickr and uh, noticed that the speakers really seemed to like it. They found it right away and uh, as well as other attendees, but more fascinating, even people that weren't at the event seemed to enjoy them because they were uh, kind of a compressed, a compressed way to share what happened at the event. It was a way to get a sense of what the event was like without being there. And so that was sort of the beginning of sketch notes. And from there, they've sort of taken off and in a lot of ways have gained a life of their own now being created by people all over the world in Europe and Australia um, South America, all over the place. People are just taking this idea and sort of running with it, and that's that's kind of where it is today. Yeah, and you you have the whole uh, the whole sketchnote army now. <laughs> yeah, that um, that the website sketchnotearmy.com was an idea that came to me in 2009 as I was starting to observe all these people all over the place. A lot of people I didn't even know who they were. I do now. Uh, doing sketchnoting, like wow, this thing is sort of taking off. We, uh, there needs to be a way to showcase these things. So I just, I did a search, sketchnotearmy.com was available and I grabbed it and threw up a site and just started um, showcasing other people's work as a way to, number one, you know, show, hey, sketchnoting is this cool thing and there's lots of ways you can do it. There's not just one way. And the, the second thing was, hey, there's people, all different people expressing their own way to do it. It's their own personality and they're all over the world. So there's no geographic limitation to them at all. So that was, that was the intention. And I think it's, it's done a good job of really sharing and and breaking ground for new people that would otherwise maybe get lost in the noise. Yeah. That, 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 what really caught my eye when I first ran across your, your sketch notes, um, was I guess really the typographic style and it's really that, you know, that dark black pen on the, Mm -hmm. the ivory moleskin page and the way that it was, it was so clearly presented i think it, it boggles my mind it, it, at least knowing how i take notes <laughs> and the chicken scratch that i go through how how you capture it you know so so cleanly and accurately you know I, i've watched a lot of your videos and and we'll, we'll link to all this stuff in the show notes mm-hmm. mike's got some some great videos of some talks he's done and some some sketch noting he's done and 
the thing, the approach that that you use. I mean, you know, you got to realize when when Mike's doing this, he's not going to be, he's not going to these conferences to be the the official transcriber for the conference. You're not trying to capture every word that's coming out of right, right. the mouth of whoever's speaking, you know, at, at whichever conference you're going to. And then also you're not trying to capture, you know, what you think other people want to hear. You know, you, you, you're locked in to, you know, like you said before, the big ideas and what speaks to you. And then mm-hmm. that's what gets transferred on the page, right? I mean, that's kind of how your, your process goes when you're sitting down at a conference. That's exactly right. And, you know, so sketch notes are in a way very personal. So, you know, what you might have five different people sitting at the same event and they, they, the sketch notes might on the surface look similar, but each person is going to have a different takeaway, a different perspective. And maybe something will be maybe a little more important to them that they would emphasize. So there is a, there's a bit of a personal flair to it as well as, you know, capturing information, which I think, I think that's what's so fascinating and so interesting for people is to see how many different ways the same principles can be applied uh, using all different, you know, tools. I tend to choose a small book and a pen, but I have friends who use pencil and then they color over it afterwards, or maybe they use a pen and they use markers. So there's, it's pretty wide open, which I, I really like that. I like the fact that it's varied and each person can bring their own, their own take to it. Yeah, no, I think that I think that's one of the keys you talk about. It, it has to be that just that personal style or it's it's just not going to work when you're when you're you know if you're someone that's trying to get into sketch noting and do this you know don't do it for someone else make sure you're doing it for yourself and that's how those ideas are really going to get on the page the best way right and i think now, you know you mentioned your, your too typographic you're feeling challenged I've, by you know your <clears throat> your chicken scratch um you know one of the things that i found too is by just slowing down and listening for the big idea you can be more deliberate about what you're capturing so you don't have to feel so rushed and even myself, I find myself often getting caught up in trying to capture everything, and I have to stop myself and slow myself down and really sort of analyze what's being said and then put something on paper. And it's it's kind of a nice feeling to be able to slow yourself down and not worry so much about capturing every detail. And I think that's a big key to, to you know doing this and having a fun doing it. Now, from those... The humble beginnings, you know, putting all the going to the conferences and, you know, starting out just doing the sketch notes for you. Just, you know, I mean, I'm sure you had never had any plans of it going to, to where it's gone today and posting those images on Flickr and it just kind of taken off. You know, what are what are some of the cool things that that you've done recently? Like, I'm, for example, you know, I've known you for for a while, but regardless of whether you know, you had done the sketch notes or not. There's a, a book called Rework by the gang by Jason Fried and the gang at Thirty Seven Signals that I'm a big fan of. And it just so happens that hey, Mike Rohde did, did all the sketch, did all the illustrations for the Rework book. And how how did that all come about? Because that's I thought that was pretty cool, and that's a pretty big deal, at least uh, at least to me. Yeah, that um, <clears throat> that all came as a result of doing sketch notes. So you're right. Um, I never really planned for it to go where it has, although I'm very happy in the way that things have unfolded and it's been challenging along the way to, you know, to release some of the control to other people and just let it, let it develop itself. But uh, in the beginning it started, just like you said, I just did it for myself because I was so frustrated with the old notes I was taking and it was a, just a, a good positive way to express myself and then share. And um, after doing it for myself and just sort of exploring around, um, Eventually, I ended up at one of 37 Signals conferences called the Seed Conference, 
Um, and they, they didn't even know I was there. I was hiding in the audience. I made some friends and I did my sketch notes and put them up just like I always did. Well, uh, they got wind of them and found out and they posted them on the 37 signals blog, which has a pretty good readership even more now than at the time. And, uh, from that point, they just sort of have taken off, um, and I started having a relationship uh, with Jason and David over at 37 Signals uh, and just ended up syncing with them. I, I seemed to capture what they were trying to say. And so when the seat conference uh, came up again, the, the third version, which had different speakers and a, a different focus, they actually invited me to come down as a guest, so I didn't even pay to get in. And uh, now it's to the point where um, you know, we're, I'm being hired to come in and do this, do this work for events and organizers, and then they use that as a giveaway for their attendees, either as PDFs or um, even as uh, little booklets, which I've done with some clients. So it, it's, that's where it started from, and I just kept in touch with 37 Signals. I kept showing up at their events. You know, Jason Fried came to Milwaukee, and I showed up with a friend, and I captured that and had a chance to talk with them, and he just kept seeing me pop up all the time, and hmm. They really liked the work that I did, and the next thing you know, they were writing a book, which he sort of hinted to in Milwaukee, and uh, they needed someone to illustrate the book, and they thought that I was a perfect fit, having seen all the work that I'd done you know, for them and with their stuff, that they thought I'd be a good bet. So they brought me in, and we worked together to to do illustrations, which had you know a bit of a sketchnote-y feel, but were a little bit more you know, thought out and a little more finished in some senses. They weren't done real time. So that's that's sort of the process. It was just a matter of, you know, showing up and popping up again and again and, you know, being being visible. And that led to the uh, led to the project, which turned out really well in the end. Yeah, I thought I thought it was fantastic. And and you know, if anyone's looking for an interesting book to read, I, I, I highly recommend uh rework, not uh not only for the content, but also for uh, Mike's illustrations. Uh, it, it, re- it really uh, worked well in, in that context. So and it, it works now, really well on like the Kindle and stuff because the drawings are in black and white. So I've read rework on the Kindle. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah. it, I was, it, I, I didn't miss anything because I was reading it on an e-ink device. You know, I, I didn't. The images weren't either omitted, or, and they weren't. They're not color, so you know, it wasn't a, an issue. Nothing lost. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Yeah, that's that's one of the good things about going with such a simple medium, black ink, you know, and even you know maybe a little shading. It renders in pretty much the worst case scenario. You could fax you know my illustrations to someone, they'd still be able to see what they were. So that's I think that's a positive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Now you know a, a lot of people listening to this show want to know about the tools that you use to, to sure. capture your sketch notes. And we're, we're going to get into that. Let's, uh, uh, we got a couple of sponsors today. We want to make sure we get to So, Mike, uh, do you want to, uh, take care of that real quick? Ex- excellent tease, Brad. Well done. Um, yes. So we must talk about our first sponsor this week and that is Squarespace. We're so pleased that Squarespace has, Squarespace has come back to us this month and they're going to continue to support this show and their network throughout the whole month of June as well, which is fantastic. Uh, Squarespace give you absolutely everything you need to create an amazing professional web website by utilizing simple to master WYSIWYG tools. They give the total control over to you no matter what level you have in the web design process. If you're like me and have no coding background at all, you can just click on some things and drag some sliders and you can make fonts larger and smaller. You can pick from their extensive Google Fonts library. You can change all the font colors if you want to make the 
sidebar widths bigger, you can do that by just dragging a, a selector. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, a recent addition to Squarespace that you know I want to tell you all about is their new domain service. With every annual account, you get a free custom domain now, and they will take care of all the DNS stuff in the background. If you want Google Apps integration, they'll give you that as well. They'll make sure the MX records and all that sort of stuff is taken care of. All you need to do is say what domain you want, and you just tick a box to say if you want an email address, and they'll sort it all out for you. Um, Squarespace have created the ultimate package to start in your next website. It's painless and hassle-free, and it starts at $8 a month, equivalent for the annual plan. And I must mention, because I was while, uh, while we were talking and I was poking around your site, Mike, um, I noticed that uh, Row Design is a Squarespace site. It is indeed. I'm a huge fan of Squarespace, and uh, I've been with them over a year and just recently switched Sketchnote Army over because I was having WordPress issues with uh, old versions and spam and stuff. And I've yeah. been so pleased with Squarespace. It's just been so easy, and it takes... It totally takes my focus toward creating content and thinking and not about, you know, fooling around with details. So I, I'm a huge fan of theirs. I try and convince people to go there with them whenever I can. And what I'd say, like, your your site is um, a great example to me of what's so fantastic about Squarespace. Is I look at it and I never would have known. You, you clearly are not using, well, I would assume you're maybe not using one of the basic templates. You've done some design work on it yourself. Yeah. And that shows the brevity of Squarespace. I mean, because you can be someone like me who is, who bases our, who's based our entire website off of one of their templates, or you can be mm-hmm. someone like Mr. Rody, uh, sorry, and you can just, you can make, if you're a designer of your own kind, you can use that and just use Squarespace's powerful posting tools, their iOS app, and their really great um, hosting services. So I would suggest that you all go check out Squarespace, no matter what your level. And you can do this by going to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels. From there, you can start a two-week free trial. And if you sign up, make sure you use the code 70 decibels 6. It's 6 because we're in the month of June. So that's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-6. And use that at checkout, and you'll get 10% off. And this will let Squarespace know that we sent you. So thank you to everyone that has signed up. Um, for showing to Squarespace that we're a good place for them to advertise and I want to thank Squarespace again for, for taking the time to sponsor us. It's fantastic. So gentlemen, please please proceed. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> yeah, we're, we, I, I think how uh, uh, Mike's conversation and I started all these years ago was, you know, I love what this guy's doing. These sketch notes look awesome. What is he, what tools is he using to, to mm-hmm. capture these notes? Now you mentioned you used the you use the uh, the pocket size moleskin sketchbook in right. Pilot G2, um, 0.7 millimeter, I'm pretty sure, right? That's right, yeah. And that's what you started out with. Is that, you know, has that carried you through, you know, all the, these past few years? Is that what you're still using now? Have you find, you know, better things or, or things that don't work as well for you? So tell, tell, tell us about what you're using. Yeah, I get into the details. Um, yeah, I used for a long time. I, I started, I was sort of flipping back and forth in the beginning between a 0.5 and 0.7 and Ended up settling on the 0.7 just because I could get more ink flow, uh, which felt better for me. The smooth flow was important, and I wasn't as as worried about the detail. Again, I was moving towards big ideas and capturing thoughts, so the 0.7 worked well. Um, eventually, I started uh, – well, I'm truly a pen addict, so I'm always – I'm the guy at the office, at the office max <laughs> aisle, looking at every pen and wondering what's new and – Try, you know, I'll buy things and try them out. So I've tried all kinds of different uh, gel pens. I tend to prefer gel pens, so I can say that. Um, 07 typically is the size that I choose if I can get it. And uh, lately, 
the current pen that I'm really in love with is called the Pentel Energel. Mm-hmm. Um, in the last few years, because I carry a pen around in my pocket all the time, um, I typically don't go with fancy pens because eventually someone it'll either be forgotten or someone will use it and it'll, it'll never come back or or what have you. So I've taken to taking just good quality gel pens. And the reason I like the Energel is it's uh, a capped pen, uh, unlike the G2, which has the clicker. Uh, yeah. So, you know, if you accidentally forget and click that thing open and throw it in your pocket, you could have a pair of ruined pants pretty quickly. Um, so having the cap pen is good for me because I, I can cap that thing and throw it in and, and I'm never worried about it leaking on me. Um, the ink flow is really good on the Energel, though. I've been really pleased, especially on uh, Moleskin uh, Sketchbook paper stock, which is primarily what I use, but on other stuff too. Um, it's got a good flow. The ink dries pretty quickly. Um, another pen that I've really enjoyed is the uh, Uniball Signo 207, and I know that's sort of a popular competitor to the G2. That was the pen that I went to after the G2. Um, I can't remember the reasons why I went away from the G2. Um, I didn't really dislike it. I just was exploring and found some of the inks seemed to dry faster, or the balls were a little bit smoother. I think the G2, uh, maybe I had, had a bad batch, tended to be skipping, and I was having problems with them, and I think that encouraged me to try some different things out. So uh, the Uniball 207s are really nice, uh, like like those a lot. And um, I think another one, I actually was really surprised that the Bic gel pen line was pretty good. Like, for some reason, like, I had this idea that Bic pens were sort of like, you know, not very good quality, and I just picked some up on a whim when I was at the store, and I'm going to try these out, and was actually very impressed with the gel, the gel ink quality, and uh, so those have been nice. Um, another one I used for a while was the uh, Uniball Vision, not the Vision Elite, but the Vision, which is a gray barrel. That was mm-hmm. the first cap pen that I took, and because I could cap it, and I knew that it wouldn't open. Uh, the problem I had recently with that was I was doing some sketch noting and. It might have been the pen itself, but it was just not laying the ink down real well. And uh, that's when I switched to the Energels because I had some laying around and really liked how they felt. So that's kind of been the direction that I've gone. I've tried a few others here and there. I think from Jet Pens, I picked up, uh, I think it was an Oto. Is that a Korean mm-hmm. brand? With the, uh, uh, yeah, the, the funky, uh, I really like the funky metal barrel with sort of an angular cap, which when I first got that, that kind of freaked me out. Like, how do I put this back together? And eventually I, I got it and I lost that pen somewhere. I love that pen and I lost it somewhere along the way. So I probably have to pick up a new one. Um, yeah, they, they designed some really good pens. I like, I like their designs. Yeah. Yeah. And um, was it Mike? Uh, it was, uh, what was that called? An Oto. There's a, there's aluminum, aluminum barrel. There's a, there's a Orca. Uh, ORCA and oh, there's one more. Uh, not the Tash. The Tash is the the small portable one. I'll, I'll have to think of the name. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's long, yeah. skinny, and it's kind of kind of got like an angular cut yes. um, cap the, that's, lid, that snaps yeah. on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that had really yeah. nice uh, ink inside. And I, I've been also one to uh, fool around with hacking pens. So if you do a little bit of research, you'll find that I've got. Um, some information like for instance mike on the tornado 51s we picked some of those up in portland last year and mm-hmm. i love the shape of that i picked up a couple and got one for my wife but i didn't like the inserts their gel inserts just didn't seem to be as smooth as i wanted so i actually took the um took the inserts from another pen like a cheap pen and 
got out a, a pair of scissors and a, an X-Acto knife and chopped them down and uh, was able to replace that insert because it's pretty standard. So, so I, I tend to fool around with, you know, hey, can I, can I hack this insert and put it in this pen? And, <laughs> which, you know, that I, might lead to, you guys have had discussions about the high-tech C and all the cases, uh, all the barrels that have been being produced for those. Oh, I, I, I could write an entirely new blog. Like if I shut down the pen <laughs> attic today and I just said, okay, I'm going to close the door and I'm going to start a new blog. I could write every day about pen hacks. So if someone wants to steal uh, an idea you- out there, go just go write about pen hacks because the amount of email <laughs> and comments I get about pen hacking is extraordinary. I bet. I mean – People want, I mean, because people, you know, like you, you, you get used to a pen, say you're using the Intergel now, and, you know, this, this is my pen, you know, this is Mike Rohde's pen, and this, I'm sketching it with the Intergel, but, you know, mm-hmm. there's something about the barrel that you don't like, you know, it, right. it, become, it comes cheap over time, it doesn't handle it well, you know, what other barrel can I put these, most of these gel pens that you're talking about are refillable, you know, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. other pen barrels or bodies can I put in that has, you know, a better grip, a more durable barrel, and, and things like that, and oh, the, the questions I get, and that's one thing I just haven't had the time to to spend to like figure out like if I could yeah. come up with like a uh, like a chart you know mm-hmm. or like if I could do like a Brett Terpstra's uh, text editor chart oh, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> for pin hack if I could have a pin hacking matrix I would be the king but boy I don't <laughs> I don't have the time for that yeah that but that's the truth uh, I forgot it, it uh, I have seen you do some talk about some of that before in the past now yeah. the 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 interesting thing I find uh, about, you know, talking to you and your sketch noting process, and talking to some other other designers and and other guys who do who's sketching, the the point seven millimeter is is really the key. I think it, it's really the sweet spot because, you know, you want to see that that dark ink, those thick lines, and yeah, I think uh, you know, don't let me put words into your mouth, but I think you like the gel. The gel provides you a real clean, sharp edge line, mm-hmm. cause, right? Because these these images eventually, I, you know, you're not um, doing a lot of digital work or Photoshop on the front end, but say on the back end, if you're you know getting something produced or something, there might be some cleanup, and that gel right. that gel pen provides you a cleaner edge that you know there's not probably as much to clean up when you're uh, digitizing some of these files. Right. Yeah, and you can cover areas. So if I need to fill in like typography, I can fill it in pretty quickly. With a zero seven, rather than say like a zero zero three high tech C, you know that would be lots of detail to fill in. But that's right. just my style. You know, there's other people that use those finer pens and love them. And I've used the fine pens mm-hmm. um, for a while. Actually, I I lost back in the old days. I used to have a Palm Pilot. And one day I lost it in the cushions of my chair. Of course, I hadn't known that for six months until I found it in the cushion of my chair. But um, after I lost it, I didn't want to buy another one. I thought, well, how can I solve this problem? And I had another moleskin laying around. It was a just a regular book. And so I had this idea, hey, what if I, what if I uh, draw like a calendar inside there with a pen? And I happened to have, I think it was the Uniball Signo 038, really nice, fine pen. Yep. And um, I just started drawing uh, a weekly calendar in my moleskin you know, line book using, I just built a template. I built a template out and, and drew out like six months ahead and did it all by hand. And then I kept a, I kept a manual calendar for probably about a year. I really enjoyed it. It was, there was something nice about it after being so immersed in digital, digital tools. And that actually is, I think the most popular Flickr image that's in my collection is the moleskin planner hack. And so it's, 
And there, I, I've got another site for that. I think it's called plannerhack.com, and you can go see the image. And um, that, that's, so that's, there's another connection to you know, using pens and hacking things. And back then I used the 038 because I could write uh, events in the calendar, and they would dry almost immediately, and I would never have to worry about smearing. So you know, there was definitely functional reasons why I choose the tools that I do. Yeah, it, I remember that calendar hack. I'm pretty sure I, I linked to it on the pen addict at some point. Mm-hmm. If not, I, I definitely stole the idea for personal use because it's so. I mean, it's it's so simple. I mean, it, it's like, man, this this common sense stuff. It's it it it, it really works. You know, I mean, it's yeah. a it's a real simple idea, real clean, and uh, I, I've definitely uh, stolen that in, in the past. Good. But good. But you're right. I mean, the tools, you know, you got you to pick the right tool for the job. And, you know, a lot of people ask me to recommend things and it's it's really hard. They, you know, they ask me to recommend a certain pen. And my answer is usually, well, you're not telling me enough information. Mm-hmm. You know, you need to tell me more about what you're doing. And, you know, if, if you know, talking about sketch notes, I, I would never recommend, you know, like a Pilot Hitech C 0.3 millimeter for that just because, you know, you're, you're going to be hindered by, you know, some of the speed and some of the clarity mm-hmm. and some of the finickiness of a of a pen that that fine and I, you know a lot of you know guys who are very creative like you really lean on those point uh, seven pens just because mm-hmm. the, it's a little bit more expressive I, I think and uh, yeah I think you know, so that's, that's a it's a you know uh, a good thing to keep in mind you know if you're gonna try to take you know try to get into sketch notes or or do things like this and that you know require one you to to be creative but two to you know think on your feet you don't want the tools to impede you at all and i think the uh the the 0.7 millimeter is is really the sweet spot there yeah i think and, uh, you know it's i was going to say that uh, that made me think of this idea that the tool actually forms how you work so if i were to use a 038 or a 03 pen you know, that's going to change what I draw and how I solve problems simply by the thickness of the line, whereas 07 is going to change the way I think, too, to some degree. Just, you know, like, or if you're using a Sharpie, like if you use a Sharpie, you know, you can't get detail with that very easily, so you sort of work in a different way. So I think in a lot of ways, the tool you choose forms how you solve the problem and how you work, which is really fascinating. Exactly. Exactly, and you know one last one last comment on on the pins. I I, I really like the the, the inner gel a lot myself, and I mm-hmm. think you know compared to I don't know if you found it compared to the G two because that the moleskin um, sketchbook paper is very thick and sturdy. It's it's yes. really good. It's actually out of I'm not a huge moleskin fan. Out of their products, that's easily the best product in my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that paper a lot, and the. The inner gel has always been known as it's a very pitch black ink, like the G two. Mm-hmm. But it, I've I've noticed um, that it it dries faster. Um, yeah, I think so. Than the G two. Um, so anyway, that's that's just my two cents, and I think that uh, it makes for a really really good sketch noting pen. Yeah, it does. It it seems to. And uh, as far as pencils go, I can mention that there is a Faber pencil that I use. It's the um, Faber Castell E Motion, which I think they produce pens as well, and I haven't explored that, but. It's got that funky um, tear-shaped uh, barrel, uh, so yeah. it's sort of thick in the middle and thin on the ends. It's really comfortable, and I use uh, – it's got a really thick uh, – the leads in there are like 1.4 millimeters, so they're really thick. Um, and I typically get an H uh, quality, so they're very slippery and really – you know, they kind of loosen you up. Again, there's that point of the tool at changing how you work. You know, using a pencil, it gives a whole different – 
feel and makes me think differently than when I use a pen. So, but that's that's been a great pencil. I've used that for many years and recommend it to a lot of people. And I should probably explore their pen line and see if there's anything they have that's you know can use a drop of gel insert into. Yeah, really. I haven't used any of their pens, I don't think. But I was actually going to ask you about that pencil because I've noticed uh, you're doing a lot of the uh, process posts posts for your sketch note handbook that's uh, coming out soon in right. pencil. So I want to talk about that. But first, let's uh, let's do our second sponsor real quick because I really want to get into the sketch note handbook uh, thing. So what uh, what's our what's our second sponsor today, Mike? Our second sponsor this week is Harvest. Um, Harvest is a painless time tracking and invoicing application. It's relied on by the most innovative teams in the world in over 100 countries worldwide. Teams that include um, such fantastic companies as Happy Cog, Volkswagen and Squarespace. Um, And a ton of other freelance developers, designers and consultants use Harvest as well. If you go to their website, they have uh, lists of of, some notable people that use the service and that, you know, I picked those three out, but I could pick many, many more, and you, you're going to see some that you recognize in there. Um, you can track your time effortlessly from anywhere using their web client or one of the many apps that they have on platforms including Android, iOS, and they've recently released their native Mac application as well. You can send your clients professional and attractive invoices directly from Harvest via email, PDF, and on the web as well. And they can pay you instantly, either by credit card or using fast payment gateways that they integrate, like PayPal, Authorize.net, Trust Commerce, and more. So it makes um, your clients, gives them ways to pay you quick, fast, and efficiently, making sure you get the money that you need. What Harvest have done is created a service that's so intuitive and easy to use that you can spend a lot less time worrying about your timesheet and much more time focusing on your work. You can try Harvest for 30 days for free today. No credit card, no obligations. And to do that, just go to getharvest.com and you can sign up for a free trial there. After your trial period is over, though, if you want to use the code 512, so 512 at checkout, you'll receive 50% off your first month. So do it quick as this offer expires on August the 1st, 2012. Thanks so much to Harvest for sponsoring this week's episode. Awesome. There we go. Where are we going to now, Brad? Well, I want I want to get into the sketch note handbook because okay. this looks really cool. When you announced that, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be great!" And you know, the thing that that I think I'm going to enjoy the the most about it is, you know, like we talked about rework, where you know it's you know someone wrote a book, it's a text based book, and Mike's illustrations are are in it. Well, this book is nice. like, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Mike, but it's going to be like sketch note from front to back almost, you know, uh, maybe not that much, but it's like you said, you mentioned it's going to be almost like a graphic novel style as opposed to, you know, a text-based, you know, book, right? That's exactly right. In fact, um, I've gone so far as to bring a friend of mine, uh, Del Witherington out in California to convert my handwriting into a font so that we can actually typeset the parts that need to be typeset, like the copyright pages and so forth. Those will actually be in my handwriting. That's so So, awesome. um, yeah. Wow. That's so gotta, uh, I don't want to divert you, but that's got to be a serious process. That's got to be a lot of work. Well, I have to give a lot of credit to Delve. Uh, I did a lot of work to produce the letter forms, but he's done a lot of work, uh, you know, scanning and drawing them in and producing a font from them. And it's turning out really, really great. Um, we're still in the process of finalizing that, but uh, that's going to be a lot of fun. And our intention is after the book's released to offer the fonts. Uh, for sale for anybody who else who wants to have handwritten fonts the same, you know, to match that. So 
it's kind of a fun thing to not only use it, but then to share it with other people and, and then they can find ways that they can use it as well. So yeah, it's going to be, it's a very different book. And, um, I think uh, I'm very excited to be working with Peach Pit. They're the ones that are producing the book. Um, we're, we're aiming for an October release for the book. And the thing I like uh, about the book and working with Peach Pit is they're just so open to trying new things. Uh, you sort of have this idea sometimes that, you know, book publishers are very stodgy and they, there's only one way to do things their way and they're not open to any change. And I think what I like about Peach Pit is they're just so open to trying things. And so when, uh, when I got connected with them, <laughs> One of the reasons I chose to go that way was that I could have full control and that we would intentionally make it, you know, like a graphic novel. It's going to be all in, you know, all hand drawn and all sketched throughout the whole book, which uh, is a little bit more of a challenge for me. You know, I can't just sit down and and write the text and hand it off to someone else because then I have (laughs) to convert it to uh, illustrations and produce the final work. But I think in the end, even though it's going to be more work for me, I think the end result will be a lot more interesting and a lot more fun. And um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm sort of in the middle of it now. So I'm a little bit scared and a little bit excited at the same time, like scared and wondering if I'm going to meet the deadlines and how, you know, do I actually, do I have the, the authority to be writing this book? I keep, that keeps popping up in my head again and again. And, but I think, you know, it's going to be a community book where I'm involving uh, 12, at least 12 other sketch noters who are going to provide uh, information and maybe more, um, so they're going to provide some stuff. I have to select those people yet. So it's going to feature other people in the community uh, and show the variety. That's one of the keys to the book is show the variety of the work. But then, you know, get down into, you know, a couple of things, how to listen well, um, why you should even consider sketchnoting, what's the benefits, like can it make you take notes better, can it make your note-taking fun. That might even be the more, more important of the two things. And then, you know, finally – drawing principles out of the sketch notes that you see so that you can actually apply these ideas in your everyday notes. Even if it's, you know, you take regular notes in one quarter of your page, you doodle a little bit and you use these techniques. That would be a huge win, I think, for, for the book, just to help people to have options and to make make notes that they enjoy, you know, creating and having fun so they can't wait to take notes at the next event or boring, you know, meeting about insurance at the, at the company. So that's, that's really the goal of the book is to reach out to a lot of people and give them options. Yeah, I think, I think that's great. I think it's, and uh, you, you definitely have the authority uh, to, to write that book, you know, if my opinion counts for anything, <laughs> which well, it doesn't. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, th- I I'm, think that's I'm really, pitch. I'm really excited for it. I, it, it looks pretty cool and you, you can, you know, Mike's got a, been doing some posts, um, you know, about the sketching. And that's where I saw the pencil. I was like, what? Oh, he's using pencil for, you know, to, to get all yeah. these ideas down for the for the book. And I hadn't seen many pencil sketches. But, man, your your style is very um, – I, I can notice it from a mile away, and which I think is good. I mean, you, you, you've really developed this style over the years, and I, I think it's awesome. I'm really looking forward to this book. Well, that's and good. I, and uh, we – we just got the covers approved today. I was submitting covers, so the next, uh, I'm so, so two things. You mentioned that we're I'm documenting the process. I find that there's so many books that are put out, and you don't really know what the process is, or how hard it is, or what you're really going through. So I thought it would be fascinating to try and capture that a little bit and share that with people, you know, as a living record of some kind. But you know, it, certainly it helps people get excited about the book to see it slowly coming together and. We just finished the cover uh, approvals today, and I've got lots of people looking at it and helping 
And so uh, hopefully at the next uh, post I can share a little bit of that and talk about where I'm at. And it's 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 a tough project, but I think it's going to be worth it when I'm done. That's what I keep telling myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I, I, I'm certainly looking forward to it, and uh, you know, I, I definitely keep keep following in the the process, and I'll be anxious to see uh, see more more of your thoughts on it. So, um, but yeah, it, it, it looks really good. I think it's going to be. Uh, I think it's going to do really, really well. Um, That's good. Yeah, I I think that about wraps it up for to for today, Mike. You, you got uh, anything else you want to you want to talk about as far as sketchnoting goes, or uh, any other projects, or any anything else you want to mention? You know, I would say that uh, if you're curious about sketchnoting after hearing about this, um, I think Mike and Brad are going to have uh, links in the show notes. Go check it out and give it a try. I th- I always recommend to people not to be afraid of it, that uh, the big message that I've been sharing with people for the last year when I go to speak is, you know, sketchnoting is about capturing ideas. It's not about art. So if you're a bad artist, if you don't feel like you can draw at all, that's okay. That really the message to you is how's a way that you can capture these ideas so that you can remember them so they're meaningful to you. And then maybe they're meaningful to other people because then you can share them You when you look at those look at those visual notes again, you can say, oh, yeah, we talked about this and that. And, you know, it's a way of mapping out your thinking. And so don't let, don't let the fear of not being a good artist hold you back. If you feel like you're a bad artist, just don't show anybody. <laughs> so that, that's, that's my encouragement is to just give it a try and try it out. And there's tons of links. Sketchnote Army can show you a wide variety of quality of art but also approaches. And uh, just give it a shot and give it a try. Yeah, I've I've made sure that I've got everything in the show notes. There's loads loads of links to to all of Mike's stuff. Okay. I want I want to thank you so much for joining us, Mike. It's been a real pleasure having you on, and and I'm really personally I'm really excited about the book. Um, you know, oh, thank I, you. Sketch notes. I, I I've been a, I kind of knew of sketch notes before I knew of you. If that makes sense, I kind of was aware mm, of the work that you'd done, and because I'd seen it around in in rework and, and on mm-hmm. some blogs and stuff. Um. And it kind of fits in with the way that I like to take notes, where it doesn't really make sense to anybody but me. And me and Brad have spoken about that <laughs> before. So I'm really excited for the book um, as, as a way to kind, of, to kind of help me really get into it. And so you know, I'm, I'm kind of holding off a little because I'm, I'm that excited about it. I remember when you uh, when mm. you posted when when you announced the book. Um, it, I think Sean Blanc had, had linked to it, and that was how I found out mm-hmm, about the actual mm-hmm. book, and, and sort of got to know you a bit more as a person from that. And uh, I, yeah, oh, I'm really excited, and we we must have you back on the show when the books when the book is coming. Yeah, that would be great for release, so we can right. talk about it again and catch up with you about it. That would be great. And uh, I was going to mention too, there's two books uh, that came about because of rework. That are there's one that's released now and one coming in August. Uh, the first is the $100 Startup by Chris Gullibo which is in a way sort of a, an extension of what where Rework sort of talked about the principles that 37 Signals followed. Uh, Chris took a bunch of people and he interviewed how they got their businesses started, and then he produced this book that shows really practical ways to start a business, you know, with 100 bucks in your pocket and, and just bootstrapping it, which I think, Mike, you can certainly relate to, and I think Brad as well, and I think a lot of people listening might be interested in checking that out, and so that we did illustrations for that, and then in August, um, there's a book called The Little Book of Talent, which uh, is by Daniel Coyle. He wrote a book uh, two years ago called The Talent Code, which is this idea that people are not born talented. They actually, some people just 
do better jobs training and, and working those muscles and, and skills by the way they train. And so he went around and found all the principles that all these talent hotbeds were producing great tennis players or singers or what have you and found that there were principles that they all followed. And so he wrote a book in 2009. And this little one, Little Book of Talent, is like a reference book you throw in your bag and it's got 52 rules to help you remember how to uh, improve your talents. So that's coming uh, August 21st. Awesome. Yeah, those the, those type of books are right up my alley. I'm have to, I've been looking at the hundred dollar startup for a while. I need to I need to get that. It looks really interesting. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It's a lot of interesting stuff, especially if you're thinking about even if you're just thinking of starting a side business for extra money. I think he's got some really practical, you know, thinking philosophically and practically on how to how to go about that. So well worth it, I think. Awesome. Well, I think uh, this has been – this is easily the best interview we've ever done on the Pen Attic podcast. So I'm really excited about that. And I, I, I want to thank you again, Mike, for, for spending some time with us today. And if, if you want to tell uh, – well, like Mike said, we'll have all this in the show notes. But if you want to tell people real quick um, you know, your website address, how they can get in touch with you online, things like that, if you'd like to share that. Sure thing. Um, you can reach uh, – my website is rodesign.com, R-O-H-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Uh, the same on Twitter, Row Design on Twitter, and uh, you can find me there. And from there, you can find pretty much everything else. The other website you might want to check out is uh, SketchNoteArmy.com, and that's where you can see showcases of other uh, of other stuff. So, uh, yeah, come up and uh, send some replies out, and let me let me know what you think of the interview. And I'm happy to answer questions and to be part of the community. Thanks for having me on, guys. It's been really great. It's been a pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure. Brad, where can people find you online if they would like to do so? You can find all the, the pin talk and reviews at pinaddict.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, where I try not to make my Twitter avatar look exactly like Mike's. I saw Mike just Mike just changed his avatar, but I, re- I remember a few years ago I took a Twitter avatar like on a brick right. background <laughs> and I put it up there. I was like, "Oh man, I like this picture. This worked out pretty good for a Twitter avatar." Then I see Mike Rhodes' uh, picture come up in my feed, and I'll be damned if it didn't look oh, like we're standing right next to each other. <laughs> Maybe I need to put it back for that. Yeah. I don't know. But I saw I forgot I saw about you had that. A, That's right. Yeah, I saw you had a new you have you put a new avatar up this week. I, and I'm assuming it was just for this show for the big bump you're going to get in your in your That's Twitter right, feed. <laughs> the pin attic, the pin attic bump. So, right. Mike, Mr. Hurley, Mr. Hurley, where can they find you or any any other questions about the show? I'm also on Twitter, I'm not in front of a brick wall, and uh, I am I Mike I M Y K E. Um, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can do that by going to 70decibels.com forward slash contact, select the pen addict from the drop down list, and you can send us some notes in that way. And you can also reach Brad directly at thepenaddict at gmail.com. Um, thanks very much to Mike and Brad for joining me and we're for, for having this show. And uh, thanks for listening. Until next week, bye bye. <laughs>